Blog Talk Radio. the show. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, Pop Art Pinner, Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it. I sure am glad you did. Hey, we're starting the week off right. It's a uh, it's a Monday. I'm uh, before we start. I want to give a big shout out, and I hope uh, I hope no one's uh, well, no one probably is listening uh, there, but everybody in uh, the Gulf Coast there, Louisiana and New Orleans, and and everybody now affecting. I, I guess it has down leveled to a uh, tropical storm still can be dangerous though still can be dangerous i hope everybody uh, is okay and their property and everything's all right and everything um and i tell you as a uh, i moved to florida about 10 years ago i live in south florida for those who don't know and um yeah these hurricanes are kind of a new thing uh, still to me and uh, i i'm after being through a few of them i i they're right here right now man you got to take them serious um so, yeah. Hey, today we've got a fantastic show lined up. We've got a great guest on. He's a, uh, a writer, director. I'm sure he wore many other hats while uh, working on this uh, new documentary as well. It's um, fascinating. I watched this uh, uh, last week, I believe it was. Uh, might have been the week before, but no, I think it was last week. Um, and I was just, uh, you know, I grew up in uh, Metro Detroit in the Midwest and um, hockey was big thing, big thing with uh, my friends and whatnot. I personally never played, but man, I went to a lot of games, and um, you know, I knew it was rough and whatnot, but I didn't realize how so much so. Well, we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about that. Uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome Mr. Michael Mesner, and the new documentary is called First Year Checking. Michael, how are you? I am doing. Great, and thank you so much for having me on the show. And uh, my thoughts as well are with Louisiana, and Louisiana is a big, it's actually a big hockey town. They have a team called the Shreveport Mudbugs in the NAHL, and uh, they won the championship last year. It's a a really big junior league, and a local kid, Dawson Sherino, actually won that championship, and uh, he's uh, moved on to college now for this year. But, yeah, it's a... it's a bigger hockey town than you think, and it's, it's hockey is starting to infiltrate everywhere in the United States and beyond. Well, I tell you, it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me um, in the least. You know, it's interesting too. I um, when I moved to South Florida, of all places, my uh, you know, I I never planned on moving here. Um, I came to visit a friend, met a girl. You know how those things happen. Uh, well, anyways, that gal is uh, my wife now, and. Um, Man, she and my in-laws are big-time hockey people and, uh, you know, season ticket holders, the whole thing. And, um, you know, I I go to a few games a year, and uh, I haven't brought a book with me yet to read. Um, No, but it's it's a lot of fun, you know. It's a lot of fun. Um, I like it because it's cool. (laughs) It's hard to get out of this heat here in South Florida, you know. But, yeah, I was very surprised. Um, hockey's just a universal thing. And like I said, growing up, 
I would say the majority of my friends in the Midwest there, um, and this is back in the 80s, played, uh, you know, um, on various, they had various leagues and whatnot, and uh, they really enjoyed it. But, yeah, they would tell me, you know, you, you kids would talk, and it was kind of a, a mean thing, you know. It, it could be a little rough there. Uh, I didn't realize to the extent how much so. Um, tell us how, no, did you grow up playing hockey? I did, yeah. I grew up playing hockey in Pittsburgh, and uh, the only reason was my grade school just happened to have an ice rink for some unknown reason, and uh, they got rid of it after my eighth grade year, but we had ice hockey as third graders, so we were immersed in this wonderful, beautiful sport that not a lot of people played. So the ones that did Mm. play... um, thought they were the greatest, and uh, they were the greatest for that little little part of the world, but we didn't realize how real hockey is played in places like Detroit, where you're from, and Minnesota, and Boston, and, and the other places. But, uh, but this film, First Year Checking, really came about because I, I've been around hockey for, you know, 35, almost 40 years, I guess, and uh, wow. my daughter... Uh, was playing hockey, and um, in, in my mind, most documentaries take you somewhere where you've never been. So mm. my daughter mm. was go- going into her, she was playing with boys, and there was this 12th to 13th year, and she was going into that year, and she said, I really want to keep playing with boys, but it's check-in. And she was, she's a great skater, and, and when I started, checking started right when you first played hockey, which which made some sense. It mm-hmm. really does now looking back at it. But now it starts at that 12 and 13 year age where, you know, there's so many differences in size and athleticism and how many years you've been skating. So she went into that year and even though she was a good skater and everything was good about her game, she would get, you know, she would get hit pretty hard. And being a girl, sometimes you're targeted. Um, so it was, it, as a father, it took me into this, it took the game from a very beautiful, um, I don't know, poetry on ice to a violent kind of gladiator uh, arena where you can't get out no matter what you do. And the mm. worst part for me, the worst part for me during that year was there were two really good players who loved the game. So they went through the year of checking and they just did not want to come back because it was so brutal for them. They got hit in the head too many times. There were concussions for them. And they just said, I'm not going to play this game that I've loved so much. And they quit. And to me, that was one of the biggest tragedies. So when my son was two years behind Cecilia, when she started, when he started going into checking, I said, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put a camera on him for the first couple of weeks. And if we have anything, I will go ahead and keep shooting it for the year and a half and, and see what we end up with and sure enough that first weekend one of our better skaters got knocked off his feet and hit his head in the boards and he got a concussion mm. his first checking so i said all right we we have something here we got to protect these guys a little more I, i'm a big proponent for contact in sports um but it's just got to be cleaned up because it's there i mean as you can see in the documentary it can be very violent it can be it can be really scary for these kids and the other thing that I loved about the, the documentary is that it's really hard to get things out of kids. Um, and my kid is a pretty right. shy person, 
but he had no choice but to, you know, tell me what his real feelings were. And he was very happy to at the end because now we're starting to see that it's helping kids, and he's really taking to that because he, he does show emotion. He does say he's scared. He does say those things that you might not hear um, in a normal talking head documentary because we're right with them the whole time. So that that's the other special part of the film is that you're you're there with them uh, every step of the way as they're fighting this new monster in in the game that they love. Oh, that's amazing! It's amazing. It it you know it is interesting too. I you know I I remember, man. I I was really good friends with a kid with this kid that lived down the street named Steve, and um, he played hockey. He was a goalie. And, you know, every okay. week he was lugging, you know, 100 pounds. It looked like 100 pounds, but, you know, just a, all this equipment, you know, just you'd see him go to his mom's car and carrying, uh, you know, all this gear. And um, I remember we were talking one day. We had seen some kids had gotten into a fight at the bus stop. And uh, one of the kids had fallen. And this, I, I, I can't even describe it properly, just how it, the kid had fallen, hit his head on the concrete, and it had that oh. that when you're a kid, that noise, that thump, you know, that's just no good. And you know, somebody's going to have a problem, and also people are going to be in trouble, you know, um, for fighting or whatever. And uh, we were talking about that afterwards, and I, and I was taught, I said, man, that when you hear that noise, it's not good. And he said, what are you talking about? I hear that noise every week, <laughs> you know, several times. <laughs> and I remember him telling me this, and I'm going, "What are you saying, man? Are you kidding me?" He goes, "Yeah, hockey." It, it, and that was the first time I had had a casual conversation. And I was a kid; he was a kid, but we had we had talked about that. And um, I didn't really, because you don't, you know. My father was into boxing. I would go to boxing matches with, the, you know, we go to the fights and stuff. You don't really think about, you know, these people are really into stuff, you know, and and. My my friends who played sports and whatnot, yeah, you know, I mean, it it was for real, and um, that's crazy. That's crazy. Let me ask you, as a father though, when when your daughter's playing this, man, that's got to you probably wanted to run out of those stands a couple times, huh? I mean, well, misogynistic or anything, but come on, you know, I guess your kid, boy or girl, right? You don't want to see him get hurt. You're exactly right, and she well, she is as tough as they come, and she, mm. you know, there is there were times. I mean, she got hit one time at the blue line by just a guy who was bigger and stronger, and it was a clean hit, and it launched her, you know, five feet in the air, and she landed. Luckily, she landed okay, um, but it was like, oh no, I want you. You do want to run out there. You do want to hug them and make sure they're all right, but. It it really does give them a little more confidence, a little more the contact sports world. There's something so unique to it because you start feeling a little stronger. Um, you start mm. thinking I can take on more than you than you really can at times. Um, and for her in particular, she uh, she played girls hockey, which doesn't have checking necessarily, but it has contact. And she ended up winning a national championship the next year for um, oh, wow. the Penn 
the Penn's Elite program, and they traveled out and they played the best teams in the country in, in California, and they won that. And she actually quit hockey after that, but she took that love of contact and that aggressiveness into her other sports, field hockey and lacrosse. And you can tell the three girls that that did the checking, her friends Dylan and Neely, they all were more aggressive than the other girls mm. in their particular sports. And and Cecilia now, she's a committed lacrosse player for next year to, to Columbia University. And the, the thing the coach said was, I love how aggressive you are. Keep going after these people mm. as hard as you can. Keep talking on their butts and, and keep playing the way you do. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to how competitive her white, my mom, my, sorry, her mother, my wife is, but also because <laughs> she had this she had this base of I can take this contact, I can keep going through it, and in fact I can inflict some of it as well. Um, so there's there's such a tricky balance here where the con- I think the contact in that you know the contact in all sports can be so beneficial. I think they're doing a better job of cleaning it up in say the National Football League than they are in the National Hockey League. I think the same can be said mm. for youth football compared to youth hockey right now. Um, but that there are so many little things that I've discovered even after the film um, that can make the contact in hockey better. It can make it safer. Um, and it can eliminate right. it in, in certain parts that needs to be eliminated. And, and I think there's a big case for it to be eliminated at some Levels, not all, for sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www dot jamie rocks dot us www dot j a m i e r o x x dot us my love shack apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.love S-H-A-C-K-A-P-O-T-H-E-C-A-R-Y dot com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center. Ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime. And treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. 
Aloha. If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Hey there, my name is Paige Beatty, and I am the founder of Hats On and Hats Off, which are two separate companies but aligned by the same philosophy of raising cancer awareness and forming smiles. Hats On is a for-profit corporation that sells cancer-specific hats to be proudly worn by you in hopes of raising awareness. A percentage of the proceeds will be donated to Hats Off, which is a non-profit corporation, raising money to buy wigs for cancer patients who can't afford them. That's where we're forming smiles. I believe cancer has touched almost everyone's lives in one way or another. A friend, a family member, a friend of a friend. So please, visit our website, www.hatsonhatsoff.com to learn how you can help raise awareness and form smiles. Rocks Gear, the online web shop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Now, I have a friend of mine that I recommended this. I, I watched a documentary and I, I it, it talked to him on the phone and I, I said, hey, man, you got to check this documentary out, you know. And I said, I really enjoyed it. I learned a lot on this. And, you know, and I kind of told him, I started telling, and he, he interrupts me and he goes, oh, I, I don't want to watch something that's going to, you know, that's putting down my sport, you know, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, there's problems and we could do better. But, you know, he's just very defensive at first. And I said, no, no, man, it's not that type of thing, you know. Nobody's saying let's all become vegetarians and, and hold hands. <laughs> no, that's not what this is about, you know. Um, but, but you know, it is kids and, and you know, there is. Some, some concerns on how to maybe uh, things that need to be addressed and done better. Um, have you had any initial reaction from people like that, thinking that you're you're trying to bring down this this very uh, you know macho type sport and whatnot before they only, realize only from, before they watch it? Yes, exactly. Only from people who have not seen the film. Um, in the film, mm. the Penn State Hawks coach, who's a, who's a friend of mine, who's a great coach in the Big Ten, uh, Guy Godowski, he, he ends up appearing in the film, says some pretty important things overall. But he watched it and he said, I cannot believe how honest the whole thing is. He said, your son was, was really brave in the way he talks. Your wife kind of looks like a, a tyrant. Unfortunately for my wife, she was hard on him in one scene. The rest of it, yeah, of course, the year, she's this positive, wonderful uh, force, right. but there was one there was one scene where she's pretty hard on him, and he was amazed that we all all the whole family shared everything, and um, right. I'm happy that Kept my that wife in. forced 
put out or even say anything. But that's all sports. That's all sports is is the mom and dad coming down a little bit on the kid to, to see, should I push this kid now to, to get him through this? Should I hug him and just say, all right, let's forget it? There's, there's some weird, weird balance there. But, the, but one of the main criticisms that I listened to that I, there's nothing I could do about was somebody said, you know, you probably did a disservice to your son going into this because he was probably petrified about checking because here you are doing a film about first-year checking and highlighting all the bad parts of it, quote-unquote, and uh, he might have been right. You know, my son might have been a little bit, you know, more scared than other kids, um, but he did watch my sister's team, my, gosh, my Freudian flips everywhere, my daughter's team play, correct, mm. and, and he watched them go through it, so I think that scared him more than me with a camera saying, how are you feeling going to this first day of checking? What's your reaction to this big hit you took, et cetera, et cetera. But that was the one critique that I kind of like, I was kind of like, you know what, this, this guy could have a point where I might have heightened it too much for my son uh, and made him too scared. But it, in a lot of ways, I can say that it worked because um, he got through it. He hasn't had a concussion. Uh, he didn't have a broken bone. Although in an interview we did with a with or no we were talking to a friend and he said well I know I'm going to get a concussion at some point so that's that's a weird thing to be thinking um, as a child but um, he's now 15 he's got a little more meat on his bones and uh, he's uh, I think he's way more ready than he was um, when it first started and one more point about the going from non-checking to checking and how the game changes is the puck's obviously a huge part of the game. When you're playing hockey mm. and, stick, and stick handling the puck, you have a real big tendency to just stare down at that puck and stick handle that puck. And when you're 6 to 12 playing the game, there's no consequences, none. So you can have your head down, stick handle that puck, you can go all the way around everybody and, and uh, you know, be carefree. As soon as that year of checking comes and you're sticking on that puck and your head's down, you're, kind of, you're very vulnerable. So there is a right. case for saying checking can happen. Let's make some kind of checking happen when they first get on that ice with hockey so that they know I better keep my head up and there's this whole other aspect coming that I, I need to prepare for because we, we don't do the best job preparing these players for that light switch of no checking to checking and, and also the light light switch of puberty of this kid is uh, 80 more pounds than me and skates way better mm -hmm. than me and way stronger. There's, there's that light switch too. So there's some way we've got to protect these guys and girls uh, way better than we do, especially if you're trying to grow the game. I mean, there's places like Florida booming, uh, Texas is booming, California is booming, Vegas is booming, um, and all these places where you want to grow the game. You don't want a kid who's 12, year, 12 years old not be able to start playing hockey just because he can't skate that well, and he might get just absolutely obliterated um, by the board right. at center ice. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's, well, it is a tricky subject, and that's why I was just uh, I documented it for a year. I didn't really come out with an opinion. Um, I just documented it and let's let's let everybody else decide. Well, exactly, and I th I think it was very well done the way it was done. Um, 
you know, because uh, it, it could have been it could have been a, a piece where it's you know, well, this is the evils of this, and this is you know, blah blah blah, you know, no, we get it. Um, it. That's an easy bandwagon to jump on, I think. Um, the honest bandwagon of, and I got to tell you, I agree with you as far as contact uh, sports, uh, especially with kids go. Um, you know, one of the great things about athletics with youngsters, uh, and I tell people this all the time, is it teaches you num- a couple of things. Number one, the more you work at something, the better you get at it. And number two, mm-hmm. getting, getting over adversity. And the reality is, and, you know, especially people who coddle their kids and whatnot, the world is not easy. Uh, I don't care what field you're in. You know, you get out here, you, there's, there's things that you got to do uh, regardless. And it, I would rather a kid know that at 12 than try. I've seen too many people at 35 try, learning that lesson. You know, it's uh, and <laughs> <that> ain't good. <laughs> and <laughs> these, these, these. Say again. Uh, well, I, I agree with you. The confidence that they get is is off the charts. Mm-hmm. You can't measure it. You, you can't teach it. And and for me personally, I had to to walk that balance of dad, filmmaker, and coach, which was a which was a tricky balance. But I think it worked for Grayson because because I had the camera in my hands, I was not going to be that dad who goes over and coddles my kid, gives him any extra help. Um, in his first one of his first checking clinics, he gets absolutely obliterated, hit to the head, laying on the ground. And as a filmmaker, I'm thinking, all right, just stay on him, document it. Um, as a dad, I'm thinking, I better get over there, pick him up, and hug him. You know. And as a coach, I'm just thinking, just scream, get up. Um, but I think being a filmmaker, right. I just was able to sit back and let and let my son work through it himself, which is so hard as a dad. It's so hard as a mom mm. to let your kid work it out themselves. And and that's why parents are so we're so crazy, all of us. I'm not saying I'm not saying I'm not one of them. Um, because we want right. they want the best kid. You want them to be okay, but that's such that, that is the beauty of the sport of every sport. That's why we love sports because like you said, the more you put into it, the more you get out of it. Um, you learn the values Absolutely. of teamwork. You you learn the values of like you said, getting through adversity, it's, it, it, it will help you um, so far down the line. Um, and the other thing that, that wasn't in the documentary as much that I love about youth sports is that these kids get cut from teams. Um, you know, my, my son just did not make the JV golf team. He missed by one stroke. Mm. So what are you going to do, call the coach and complain or – there's right. that adversity, and in, in hockey, that adversity comes almost every shift. It comes, okay, here's, here's a guy bigger than me. I have to go get try to get that puck from him, and uh, I need to face that adversity and somehow get through this. So it, there are oh, yeah. so much good good for it. We gotta we gotta protect them more with a couple of more eyes on the game um, than just two referees. Um, in my mind. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's, Absolutely. Not making a team, man, not making a team is a rough thing. I don't know if people remember that or new people. I mean, I would put that almost akin to that first big heartbreak. <laughs> you know, it is, that's a rough that's a rough show to watch. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, yes, yeah. it is. Yes, it is. 
Oh, man, it ain't just one pretty pretty gal not liking you. It's the whole team. Oh, my gosh. That's hard to take. <laughs> but you get through it, you know. You get through it, and there's there's other teams out there. Uh, there's other opportunities. And uh, you got to learn these lessons, though. And, you know, a lot of people just don't. It's crazy. I don't have kids, though. So it's very hard for me to, to pass judgment on people, you know, because who knows, you know, I – I hope I wouldn't be like one of the parents on Willy Wonka, but, um, you know, you never know. I do spoil my dog a lot. I don't know, you know. Um, but, you know, I liked this documentary. I tell you, it's interesting. I My uh, my brother-in-law played hockey. Played hockey as a kid in college level. Um, you know, he's an engineer now, and uh, – I, I sent the, you know, I, I told him and uh, my sister-in-law about, I said, you guys got to watch this. And they just had a little baby, a little girl. And okay. I said, they're, they're soaking up anything parental right now. You know what I mean? They're into it, man, as they should be. <laughs> and, um, you know, yeah, a little baby. I mean, about a month old now. And uh, I said, you got to watch this. You got to, you know, come over. We'll have dinner or something. And uh, you got to watch this. It's uh well, the other thing that, that I really try to do, and because I work with uh, I work with Penn State hockey team for their social media, they have a show called The Penn State Hockey Story that I've done for eight years, and it's won some kind of award, but I've learned how to shoot hockey. And with this one, I was able to take the camera in places that you usually don't see hockey. I'm right there on the ice during the checking clinic. I'm following these guys as they swoop by. I have GoPros everywhere on the bench. And, and, and I just really wanted to take the viewer down on that ice so that they can really sense what these kids are feeling, really sense the danger and the adversity and the getting through or not getting through the adversity um, from that first-person perspective. And I was really I, I was really happy with, how it looked and how it felt because you you're right there when these kids get hit um you're right next to them especially in those practices um and you feel um what's happening so i was i was keen to to show off the beauty of the game and the speed of the game and everything and and now the violence of the game so i think the nhl does an excellent job I think all of sports were seeing way too many slow motion replays where I, I think Fox with the racing does a good job where you just turn it up and they put a camera down and you see how fast these cars are going. I think we need a little more right. of that with low cameras in the neutral zone to see how fast these players are and how quick their decision-making is and, and why people love it so much. The ones who have played it and the ones who have seen it up close understand the skill that it takes to be one of these players and and the nhl has and hockey in general i in my mind has cheapened the game with the fighting with with the they think they need that sensationalize it yeah to grow the game i played in a minor league in florida it was the scariest Mm -hmm. place on earth it was the height of the steroid um era and uh, I would basically skate for my life. But there were, there were people down there who just wanted to see the fighting. And 
in a way you get it. In a way you get it because, all right, nobody in Florida really sees hockey up close. The fighting does sell tickets. People do stand up for that. But now these players, they're starting to play when they're three years old and they don't stop playing. And it is so beautiful to watch Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and every you pick one star from every team and you just watch them and see what they can do. It is so worth the price of a ticket, so much more than seeing two, two guys just fight for no reason. I get the fighting after somebody slashes in the head real quick, quick fight, whatever. But the fighting to fight is just not, it's it just, it needs to be eliminated. I did a documentary on a fighting with, with a uh, Academy Award winning director called The Last Gladiators. Um, and, mm. you know, those guys I have an utmost respect for, but that time's gone. It's time, it's time to just love the sport for the sport. You don't need, you don't need, you know, LeBron James fighting Kawhi Leonard to appreciate basketball. So why do we need to say that Conor McDavid right. and, and Sidney Crosby may be fighting each other? It's just, it's a little ludicrous and it's a little bit, you know, they don't have confidence in their own game and, and maybe they should. No, they don't. Well, and now folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. This is a message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Older adults and people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions are at higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. If you are at higher risk, you should stay home as much as possible and avoid close contact with people who are sick to protect yourself. Call your doctor if you have concerns about COVID-19 and your medical condition or if you get sick. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. Glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS 
That's R-O-X-X for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com. Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, The Quotable Edison, Quotable Henry Ford, uh, Quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course, The Quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool. Um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A-L-B-I-O-N.com, MichelleAlbion.com. Very, very cool stuff. Check it out, folks. I think you're right. And I, I think that, you know, if if the skill aspect of it was perhaps um, I don't want to use the word glamorized because it, it cheapens it, but um, highlighted. Highlighted is a better term. Um, because it, it definitely is a skill set in that. You know, you're you're absolutely right. Um, things are moving. You've got all these people to watch. And, um, you know, a lot's happening. A lot's happening. And then uh, <laughs> there's that guy in this audience who, in the stands who just keeps bugging. You know, I'm, I'm teasing. Um <laughs> <laughs> there are a few of them. <laughs> At least I've noticed. Anyhow, oh, yeah. anyhow, if but it does need to happen, and you're absolutely right because nobody. I mean, basketball is a good analogy because people, um, the the skill set is highlighted uh, as opposed to, oh that guy's just a badass and he's going to kick some tail and blah blah blah, you know. Um, and that is a, that is a, a sport where where skill is, is almost um, you, know, you know glorified. You know, and that's a bad word to use too. But um, people appreciate it. I should say it's appreciated more. Well, um, well, in the NBA, the NBA has cleaned up the game, right? You had the you had the Pistons absolutely killing each other and pushing each other around mm-hmm. when when uh, you know Rodman was there and Lambeer was there. And then, oh, great, here comes mm-hmm. this guy named Mike Jordan. Let's, let's glorify the other aspect. So you don't have that terrible game where people are just pushing and shoving and almost, you know, hurting each other in the lane and doing everything they did in, in basketball. Now we have a guy, Connor McDavid, who is probably the most skilled player in history to play hockey, and he has to deal with, you know, all the little BS um, that comes with with playing hockey. Now he he gets around it, but it, it's you know they should model themselves after hockey. Now I will say as a marketing guy, it is so much easier to market basketball. There's no helmets on the games in this really confined um, space. The no helmets means I can see their face the whole time. And most of these guys play a high percentage of the game. So in hockey, there's four lines. My star's not out. I don't get it. Um, so there's, there's got to be a little right. bit more marketing done, but you got to it, – it's, it's such a beautiful sport, and the checking is a beautiful part of it. We just need to clean it up at the lower levels where, I mean, they have four officials on the ice for the NHL, 
two officials at checking levels when the kids are first starting doesn't work. It just doesn't work. And it's, you know, as you can see in the documentary, I, I didn't do anything out of the ordinary. I just shot games, and uh, here's what happens. Kids, kids get hurt, and they go through mental anguish, et cetera, et cetera. And worst of all, their brains mm-hmm. would get bruised, uh, like the Mayo Clinic people said in the, uh, in the film. Your brain can get bruised, and we have no idea what that means at this developmental age. Um, so clean up the head hits. Maybe start checking earlier. Who knows? But let's put some more eyes on it. And I, I'm a referee now. I just got this referee handbook that's good until the year 2025. So th- their, their mm. rules are already made up till five. I don't understand that. Um, so USA Hockey does a great job. On a lot of things, this one they, they need to clean up because it's, it's just too dangerous. And there's a reason why when no, you sign up to USA Hockey, who's the governing body for youth hockey, you sign so many waivers, you put your initial on everything because they're frightened of this as well. And it, the, only, the only thing they have to do is, is tackle it head on because it's going gonna, it's gonna to come up and bite them the wrong way. Absolutely, absolutely. Let me ask you this. Speaking of waivers and, and paperwork and, and whatnot, the business side of it, so you've got this great idea. You're making you're in the middle of making this uh, this documentary and whatnot, and suddenly it, it, it you realize, hey, there's a whole bunch of people in this. Um, was that difficult getting uh, getting all that down? You know, hey, we can use this footage and whatnot, to, or is that an issue, or is it all not a problem to do? When you're filming from a filming aspect, getting permission. Because these people can. It is a humongous issue. Um, It's the reason my son was the main star, because I'm going to give you permission. Um, But I will say my team, um, the parents were all on board. Um, They all signed the waivers and did everything great. And uh, everybody who participated has been fantastic because they all see the the greater good. Um, Now, Juxtapose that with the film we did with the Academy Award-winning director, uh, The Last Gladiators. Um, Barry Reese, who's my partner at Awesome Films, had the nightmare uh, task of trying to get permission from the NHL to use their footage of these fights happening. And he was mm. there, he was close to it, and it got, you know, Netflix bought it, et cetera, et cetera. It was huge in Canada, but right when we were doing it, um, people started killing themselves and dying from these uh, traumatic brain injuries from fighting. Um, right. And the NHL said, oh, boy. I mean, that is a higher level of trying to get permission, and God bless Barry Reese for trying to, trying to navigate that world. But he, he, he did it, but it was uh, a pain. And uh, I, I've talked to some people about fair use and some other things, and um, that might be a route that to go um, fair use, basically. You can use a certain amount if it's for a documentary film. Um, that was probably, would have probably been the better way to go for us um, than trying to get permission from the NHL. So we learned our lesson on that one. For this one, it was small <laughs> enough, and I'm a one-man band when the, for this film. Uh, I'm usually not a one-man right. band, but for this film, I was and then, so I was able to, you know, everybody I was talking to, I was able to get um, get their permission, get it signed off, and at least get a verbal and uh, that's awesome uh, permission. And, and also, nobody that's looks awesome. really bad in it. There was the, the only time kids look bad is when they get really hit hard and they're laying on the ice, and you know that's that's part of the game. 
Oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's uh, my my wife actually. Uh, she played uh, uh, women's hockey, uh, ice hockey in college, and I shouldn't tell that story, but I'm going to. Um, a couple years ago, <laughs> she watched some movie with her sister. They, they watched some roller derby movie, and man, they got on that kick. And we went out and bought rollers. They're like, played hockey. I can handle this, you know. And, and my wife's a big gal six foot one, you know, and, uh, and wow. not a skinny mini. Um, yeah, she's a big gal. So she figured this would be, you know, a breeze for her, you know, all these little gals and, you know, not a problem, not a problem. So we went and got the roller skates and everything. She went to one practice, fell, didn't get knocked down, just fell, uh, you know, hard. And I don't think the roller skates have come out of the closet since. <laughs> So a good knock <laughs> can change your attitude. Uh, I've been very smart not to say a word about it. She'll never hear this, so I, I don't have to worry too much. I hope she will. She probably will now that I said that. Um, yeah, you know, and I just now. to give people some uh, some perspective. Yes, yeah, she's six foot one. I'm five foot six. We're we're very comical when people see it. Um, <laughs> you know, there's got to be love there. <laughs> or in stuff like that. Anyhow. There's no height. There's no height. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's, uh, oh, man. Hey, I want to let people know. Now, we have uh, links to uh, First Year Checking has a great website. It's uh, firstyearchecking.com. And the first is the number one, you know, the, the, the numeral one, styearchecking.com firstyearchecking.com, and there's links also. Uh, uh, there's an Instagram account, a Facebook account, et cetera, et cetera, and um, people can watch this on demand, right? It's out now. The best way to do it is just go on YouTube and search First Year Checking, and it comes up, and you can rent it for 4 bucks, and, and uh, nice. hopefully it has an impact on you. And uh, if we, we've been talking to people in all kinds of contact sports, um, and all of them have found a benefit. So you don't have to just be a hockey fan. Um, so it, it, it benefits everybody who's going to this contact sport world. And I think, like you said, I think it really will help parents see what kids go through in this in this world. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and be informed. You know, your, your kids out here, they're doing stuff. They're, they, they're, they, they got a dream. They're trying to make it happen and whatnot. Nobody wants their kid to be hurt. Um, you know, no, nobody wants that. And uh, I think you're right, though. I, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, but you already answered the question. Really, one of the questions I had going into this is, well, what do you think can be done, you know, uh, moves to be done? And I, I agree with you 100%. A couple more eyes out there on the on the, uh, the rink and uh, uh, wouldn't hurt, <laughs> you know, wouldn't hurt. <laughs> Um, well, they did. Uh, you know, one last, the USA Hockey did a great job. There used to be a real problem with kids getting checked from behind, and they just educated mm. the heck out of you know, the coaches, the parents, the players that you cannot hit a player from behind, and they put stop signs on the back of each player. We need to do the same thing and educate and put more eyes on do not hit a player in the head. You can hit a player in the head, you're suspended two or three games, because for these kids, hockey is the most important thing to them. They will never do that mm-hmm. again. And that's what they were doing with checking from behind is they completely said, all right, you check from behind, you're, you're done for a game, maybe two, 
and it eliminated checking from behind. It is one of the. It's it is beautiful how it was implemented. They really have to stop the head hits now and have an extra set of eyes. NHL has four refs. Youth hockey has two. Um, they need another set of eyes somewhere to see these head hits because these poor refs, I'm one. You have to look for offsides, icing, all the penalties, the parents yelling at you, was that a goal? Was that not a goal? Did that hit that kid in the head or not? I don't know. Okay, keep going. So you just have another set of eyes, buck up a little bit, and uh, let's uh, help save these brains uh, for these kids' future. But I really appreciate uh, this was a great time. No, absolutely, man, absolutely. And, you know, you already know this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, keep making these documentaries, man. You're real good at this, you know. Um, I don't even have a kid in hockey. I don't even have a kid, but I found this fascinating. Um, I, you know, I definitely watch this again. Um, it, it's, it's done very, very well. This is not a – and, folks, I know when you hear sometimes – I know there's some people out there listening, and they're like, I don't know, a documentary sounds pretty dry to me. This is not dry. It's hockey. Are you kidding me? There's, 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 no, this moves right along, man, just like the game. <laughs> and, you know, Believe I'm, me. I'm, a very, I'm right on the edge because one of the uh, reviews called me uh, borderline unethical with what I do with my kids. So if nothing else, you can, uh, you can see me really uh, filming on the edge of uh, whatever ethics I have left. So. Well, I hope you enjoy everybody's. It. I hope it educates people, but yeah, I, I'm I'm really thrilled that uh, to be on and to promote this, and uh, I know my my family is excited too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you know how cool is that? Um, and not only is 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 Papa Coach, you know, he's he's doing it. Well, he made a movie too. Uh, thousands and thousands <laughs> of people are watching this tonight, right as we speak. How cool is that? You know. That's pretty cool. Um, my dad just had a team build by cleaning the garage. No, that wasn't nearly as cool. Anyhow, um, you know, mow the grass. Oh, I don't think there was much teamwork in that. It was just me. Um, but, yeah, this is a fantastic film. First, Oh, yeah, that's true. That's, you know, and it's funny, now that I have my own house, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm one of those guys, I'm the first person on the block to mow their grass, you know, get the half inch longer than everybody else's. I'm like, oh, oh, no, no, no. And I'm like, where did I, how did this happen? You know, like the 12 year old me is going, are you kidding me? You're doing this by choice. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I guess I learned it, you know. <laughs> anyhow, anyhow. First you, go, go ahead. So I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just said we definitely turn into our parents. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's it's weird, man. It's weird. Um, it's crazy. Well, yeah, first year checking, ladies and gentlemen. It's a fantastic, uh, you know, great documentary, and, it, and it's entertaining. I, I really enjoyed this. Um, and, and it's one of those documentaries that you watch and you think about afterwards. Um, I like, to me, that is art. Uh, when I watch something or, uh, you know, experience something, and it sticks with me. I think that's just really, really cool. Um, well, fantastic. And, again, firstyearchecking.com. The, the first is the numeral one, styearchecking.com. You can get there and uh, like and share their social media. Hey, and I will say this also. Um, I will add, um, 
whenever. I know the computer's giving me a hard time here. Let me uh, just do this. There we go. A uh, little more time on there. I, I just went into overtime. Um, no, I will say this. When you stream a film, ladies and gentlemen, you watch a film or, or you, you download and watch it or whatever, wherever you watch that at or, or got it at, rented or bought it, um, there's usually, if all of them have it, leave a comment. Put your, you don't have to put a doctoral thesis down. Just write a couple sentences, what you liked, you know, what, what you thought about the film and whatnot. What that does is it tweaks the algorithm and more people see it. It gets in front of more eyes. And that really helps out the people, the content creators who are making this stuff. You know, we're, we're seeing all this cool stuff. We want to see more. Well, that's how you can help do it. So, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. Anyhow, have a great one. Michael, it has been a pleasure having you on the show. I had a really good time. You rock, man. Keep doing it. You rock, my friend. We will, we will do it again when my next film, whenever I start that one. Excellent, excellent. And best to the family and whatnot. Um, very, yeah. very cool. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. We will be back on Wednesday. But before we, uh, before we sign off, I want to say that this episode will be converted to a podcast. We're going to uh, push that out on all the various social media platforms and on all the podcasting platforms. Wherever you listen or download podcasts at, I'm telling you there's a 99.99% chance that we're on there. We're on over 400 of them. I didn't even know there were that many podcasting platforms, but there are, and we're on them all. So if you're listening to this on Spotify or Pandora or, uh, you know, um, uh, TuneIn, uh, iHeartRadio, whatever, um, you know, we appreciate it. And, uh, you know, keep listening. We'll be adding more. This is episode, what is this, uh, 1,146. Wow. And, and we're booked out to the end of the month. So, uh there you go. Now we're we've been doing this a while now, folks. It ain't going anywhere. Anyhow, uh, thanks for listening, and we will see you all on Wednesday. We've got a fantastic uh, hard rock band out of Detroit, my old hometown, on called A War Within. They are really, really good. So we will see you then. Have a good one, everybody. Thanks again, Michael. Michael Messner, you you're awesome. Thank you. See you, everybody. This has been Pop Art Painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli, Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hej, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.